0: Hello, and welcome to episode number 18 of Prosperity by the Pint. I'm your host, Bryce Carter. I am a certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money and invest, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. This week's episode, so I have a, a quick story for you all. I'm going to crack this can. Um Uh, this week's episode, I'm going to be drinking a beer out of Texas. I'm actually going to be drinking quite a few Texas beers over the next few weeks because one of my biggest fans is in Texas, and I happened to meet him a couple weeks ago. Travis Brewer, how are we doing? And uh, he gave me a couple of Texas IPAs, uh, four to be exact, to try over the next couple of weeks uh, as I record. So if I can avoid temptation and save those beers in the fridge until the episodes are are running, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drink drink them on the episode. So, cheers. Today's beer is Rare and Sons Brewing Company, Dad Gum IPA, 6.6% uh, alcohol. It is out of Fort Worth, Texas, charged with citra and lemon hop. I'll see how it is. It's nice and clear. Well, that is lovely. It's a delicious, citrusy IPA. So today I wanted to talk about financial literacy, uh, the dogma around talking around, talking finances, and uh, how, how we shouldn't be, we, we should be talking money more often. So traditionally there's three things that you're not supposed to talk about during, uh, you know, with polite company, I should say, politics, religion, and money and finances, right? Well, I think that that's asinine. We should talk politics, more often we should talk religion more often and we should talk money more often and the reason being is avoidance of the subject does not make it go away it makes us uneducated ignorant and in sometimes quite frankly uh just just aggressive about the topic if you think about it so let's let's look at these for a second politics politics has never been at least I, i shouldn't say never been but I think we can all agree that politics are pretty hostile right now. The environment around it—you look at social media, and people will say mean, terrible things to you on social media because your political views that they would never say while sitting across the dinner table with you, right? So I think we should talk about politics more. We should get more open ideas out there. We should exchange those ideas and get in the practice of talking about it without getting all pissed off at each other, right? And then religion—I uh, think if you're a person of faith, you should be willing to share that faith without people getting uncomfortable. Uh, And if we talked about it and made it more of a norm, we would probably, you know, be sharing our faith more often. And money. We are dumb when it comes to money. I work with a lot of people, and I would tell you, even sometimes really successful people are dumb when it comes to money. And that's because we don't talk about finances. We don't teach finance in school, personal finance. We you know, I work with doctors that I know they should have had at least one personal finance class. And and maybe I'm not saying detract from their medical knowledge, but good God, they're going to make a lot of money, teach them how to use it, right? We should talk about money more. So here's the thing. 44% of Americans would rather talk about death, religion, or politics than talk about personal finance with a loved one and talk (laughs) talk about a problem there. And in some cases, that's avoidance of talking about personal finance with your, your spouse or your significant other. And, and that can often be a crutch of a relationship that leads to divorce, right? Personal finances are one of the leading reasons and causes for for divorce in the country. So 44% of Americans would rather talk about their deathbed than, than personal finance, which is just nuts to me. And, you know, we've actually seen financial literacy and the education around finances go down. So FINRA, which is the Financial Industry National Regulatory Authority, uh, does a, a, a survey every three years on financial literacy. Beer break here real quick. It's good. It's nice, nice dry IPA there. FINRA does a survey on financial literacy uh, every three years. So I don't have the 2018 results yet, I wish I did, but I have the results from 2009, 2012, and 2015. And they ask five very, pretty basic financial questions. Um, Actually, now they ask six, the new one. I just went on and did this quiz right before uh, that I recorded this episode, and and you should be happy to know since you're listening to me, I got all six questions right. If I didn't, you might not want to take me as a credible source. But here's the deal. Americans are getting worse at answering four out of the five questions every year. 09, 12, 15, and I bet that the 2018 numbers are going to come out the same way. So we're getting dumber when it comes to money. The U.S. overall ranks 14th globally when it comes to financial literacy. I I mean, that's better than where we rank for for infant mortality and healthcare and some things like that. But still, 14th is not very good. Right behind us is Botswana. Think about that for a second. Uh, Germany and Canada rank right above us. Only 16, about 16% of US students are required to take any sort of personal finance class. Now, I know that I think the class I took, the Economics 101 in uh, in high school, actually qualifies as a, a personal finance because they have a small tidbit of that in the curriculum, and that is horseshit. That should not count at all because, honestly, we didn't do a deep dive into credit cards, interest rates, uh, debt, how to do your taxes, mortgages. I mean, it's maybe about time we kick out Algebra 3 or – uh, you know some of the required reading is is just just ridiculous now now no again, no offense to the arts but i take I took in high school four art classes and not a single personal finance one. Are you kidding me? This is stuff I use every day. I haven't drawn a picture in twenty years and seventy six percent of millennials so I hate to say this, but my generation is the least educated on uh on personal finance, and I think that's just because we, we people learn through experience. And so some of the older generations have more experience when it comes to the mistakes they made on finances or things that they did correctly. I think that we will be more financially educated because so many resources out there, right? You can Google a basic financial question instead of having to read through a IRS text to find the rules on on certain things like, you know, 20 years ago, I imagine it was a little bit more of a challenge to find out what an IRA or Roth IRA contribution limit is. And now if I said, hey, Google, hopefully Google doesn't, they're all listening at all times, um, doesn't light up here while I'm recording. But it's pretty easy for us to get some of that information. So I think that we will be more educated because as we come across problems, we tend to Google them, research them. Uh, ask Siri, she doesn't know, but we, we tend to be a little bit more problem-solving on that and use technology. But right now, we're one of the least educated generations. And I think a big component of this is how little we talk about money. We just don't talk about it. The biggest problem with this is that poor financial literacy leads to poor financial decisions. So, so think about it. If you don't understand the inner workings of a credit card and you think you can just pay it off over time, then all of a sudden, you're, you're not realizing that you're paying 15 to 20 to 30% more for a product or service than you would have if you just paid cash, because you put it on the credit card and paid it down later, and they have astronomical interest rates. So what ends up happening is you end up making very poor financial decisions. This leads to uh, anxiety, fear, uh, stress, uh, being just the feeling of being overwhelmed about money because you don't know what you're talking about or, or and you don't know what you're doing with it. That was a quick beer break there. So here's the thing: you listening to this podcast alone is a step towards gaining some more financial literacy, but you have to take initiative on yourself. Nobody's going to make you go buy a financial uh, personal finance book. Nobody's going to make you read the podcast. Nobody's going to make you sit down and do your budget every month, right? So you need to do that, and you need to take ownership and responsibility for your own personal finances. You just need to realize that by doing so, you're going to be better off financially. It's worth the investment, and it's worth the time to learn about personal finance. Secondly, I got to say you have got to start young. So for the, if you're older and you're listening to this and you have teenage or young adult uh, children, start talking to them about finances now. The mistakes that you made, don't be embarrassed. It is what it is, right? It doesn't change the fact that you made mistakes in the past or done things correctly by talking about it or not talking about it. Just talk about it so your kids don't make the same damn mistake. If you have younger children, start teaching them good money habits now. Now, I know a lot of parents don't believe in, in, in an allowance because they live in the house for free, right? The kids do. So why should you give them money? You give them money for doing chores so they learn the value of money. Otherwise, you're the one buying their shit all the time. Make them use your their own money for some of this stuff, right? So I saw a story on Twitter the other day, and it was from another uh, you know Finn Twit kind of guy, and he shared a story that his... Uh, his, his Ten-year-old came into his room and put down a random assortment of crumbled-up bills and 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 change and stuff. And he said, "Dad, I've been saving for a long time. Here's two hundred and thirty-nine dollars. I want to buy a new baseball bat." And I'm thinking to myself, and the guy was was this is what he was saying. He's like, "I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, I've done a good job. I'm a good dad. And we make mistakes, right? But that 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 was a pretty proud moment. I have a client that." Uh, her, her daughter saved up, you know, mowed lawns, uh, did odd jobs, sold candy bars and paid for half of her horse. She now rides that horse and has won up to, I think it's $15,000 in scholarship money. So she's doing like the four H kind of stuff by giving your kids an opportunity to take ownership of their finances by educating them and talking about it. Then it empowers them to not make those same mistakes. Right. The other thing is You know, kids start to ask questions, and I think that we answer them a little bit sideways because maybe, I don't know, we're concerned about them telling little Billy and little Billy tells his parents, right? But if a kid asks if you're rich or you're not, why not put the question back on them and say, well, what does it mean to be rich? Then it talks about the value of money as opposed to or the values of the person as opposed to just the finances of it, right? And it will also help understand for your child when you say no, we – we can't afford that. It's not maybe necessarily that you can't afford it, but maybe that purchase doesn't align with a need or your values, right? So start talking finance with your kids as soon as possible. So I wanted to share the personal side of this is a couple things that that I do both in my practice as a financial planner and as a, a, a personal person with a young child who's a little little young to grasp finances yet, yeah, she's just sixteen months, but what I do uh, for clients is when they're getting the trust done, I often recommend that they, they put in there that the child or grandchildren, if they're gonna be younger when they're inheriting money, has to complete financial personal finance courses before they're allowed to start spending money from the trust. so what that does is in imp- you know it starts to raise that level of financial education and by the way, if you're going to put that in your trust as a recommendation, you should probably do it yourself right think about it unless you're you know really really well educated on personal finance. The second thing so what I did is if I die and my wife die, there's a bunch of life insurance on us we're worth more dead than alive, which is the way it should be especially if you have young children. Uh, Then my daughter would eventually inherit this trust fund. Well, what I wanted to do was make sure that she was empowered to learn about this and take an interest in it. So at a certain age, age 16... Uh, she's able to start picking some of the investments in the in the trust fund and start sitting in on meetings with the financial planner. At 18, she's allowed to start picking some more of the investments. And I have certain levels of restrictions on how much she can spend at certain ages, but a lot of that is der- derived from what she's doing in her personal financial life, right? So I don't want to see her spending, living solely off the trust and not being a productive member of society, right, unless there's a medical need. So the point of all of this is to say, Overall, us Americans are pretty financially ignorant. I think one of the the main drivers of that is we don't talk about money. We should, but we don't talk about money. And if you're a parent, you have a responsibility to start empowering your children at a younger age to start learning about money so they can avoid the mistakes that all of us inevitably make early on in our earning career, right? So just talk about money more. Don't make it a taboo. Let's make it normal practice to talk about money at the dinner table, So maybe we can be a little bit more educated about it. That's this week's episode of Prosperity by the Pine. Be sure to follow, subscribe, uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen. That's where we are. Cheers.